0: Good afternoon. I'm Al Cresta. The story of the American founding usually begins in the East. We talk about Jamestown, or we talk about the uh, Pilgrims, and then the Puritans and the Massachusetts Bay Commonwealth. We talk about the First Great Awakening. We talk about the colonial period, and, of course, the Revolution, and then the period of the Constitution, names like Washington, uh, Jefferson, Madison, Madison, Franklin, all, all familiar to us. But in fact, it leaves out, that storyline leaves out a lot of very important dates. Um, nearly 80 years before pilgrims uh, founded the Plymouth Colony, we had uh, explorers flying under the flag of the Spanish Empire uh, on the West Coast, uh, and also on the East Coast. Of course, as you know, St. Uh, Augustine is the uh, longest uh, continual settlement here in the United States. And today is the feast day of Saint uh, Junipero Serra, and I thought it would be good for us to get a little familiar with uh, his contribution. To the founding of the West and development of uh, what we now call the United States of America. My guest is Patrick Lawrence. He's an attorney who writes on legal, cultural, and philosophical issues from Orange County, California. Uh, he's actually developed a talk called uh Unipero Serra on Trial Criminal or Saint that's been presented to many audiences and uh, has been featured on a nationally syndicated radio program. He, Received an undergraduate degree from uh, Thomas Aquinas College in California. Got his law degree from Ave Maria School of Law in Michigan. And Patrick, it's good to have you here. Thank you.
1: Oh, it's a pleasure to, to be on your show. I appreciate it. Well, let's,
0: let's talk about this. Uh, today's the feast day, uh, in the United States anyways, of Saint Junipero Serra. We also know that in the last year, especially, there's been a lot of challenges two figures in the United States that we've thought of uh, heroically, and he's come under criticism. Tell us a little bit of why he's come under criticism, and then I want to make sure we talk over what his great contributions have been.
1: Sure. Um, So, right, I mean, I'm currently living in California. I was born and raised here, um, and uh, if you're not here, uh, you may not realize the wide scale of vandalism uh, which has been going on for the last several years, especially since he was canonized back in 2015. Wow. But uh, suffice it to say that there have been numerous uh, uh, statues of Junipero Serra either decapitated or uh, defaced in some way with red paint and so on. Uh, We've even had last summer one of the missions he founded burned to the ground, uh, which was just fairly recently... Uh, publicly described as arson, and we're not quite sure what the motive of the arsonist was, but well, nonetheless, yeah. right around that same um, period of time where there was so much uproar about Sarah, so it stands to reason that it, that had something to do sure, with it. Sure. And, and in terms of sort of plummeting, what what are the causes of this? I mean, obviously, the the, the overall issues with race had to do something with it. But um, in California specifically, um, the debate and controversy over Sarah's goes back much further than that. I mean, uh, in some ways, the modern controversy goes back all the way to 1988, when Pope John Paul II uh, decided to beatify him. Yes. Um, But in terms of, you know, why so much animus focused on his statute, um, I I think the best— way to get at that is to say that uh, if, if you're going to find somebody in California who is representative of everything in California before the gold rush, Sarah is the guy. I mean, his, st- his statue is up and down the state, obviously at all the missions. But you also have uh, his uh, statue on public grounds, public parks. Uh, His name is is plastered all over the place where I live in San Juan Capistrano because Mm. the mission is located there. And so if you're going to look for a sign or symbol, if you're an indigenous person, uh, and given the the trauma that they have uh, in fact experienced in the state of California, if you're going to look for a symbol or sign that's sort of representative of that um, traumatic historical experience, uh there is no better person <laughs> there's no better symbol uh than sarah because he's everywhere and and there's really no other alternative and so in some ways uh you know the the physical destruction that is so widespread is because he is Saint saint Sarah has been made a symbol of things which he himself uh did not commit and in fact if you listen to some of more of his careful critics um, they won't say that Sarah committed genocide or slavery or any of these other parade of horribles, which are often trotted out against him. They will say he is a symbol of genocide and a symbol of slavery, Interesting. Uh, which is quite a different thing. Indeed. And so um, that symbolism aspect, I think, is key in trying to explain... Uh, why, why it is that there's so much f- destruction of property around Sarah? So, is the fact that he's uh, identified
0: with uh, genocide or slavery? Is I mean, is that simply bad history? Um, and if so, couldn't we correct it easily?
1: It, it It is bad history, but it also springs out of uh, facts or evidence which are not necessarily complementary of the California missions that he founded okay. either. I mean, we could take the example of slavery. Uh, the charge of slavery arises out of a, a, a critique of the missions, which, um, properly framed and understood, is actually, I think, legitimate, or at least... Uh, people of goodwill and and, uh, could honestly disagree about, namely the practice of the California missionaries of confining the neophytes, the converted Indians who had been baptized, within the mission complex itself. And so what that meant was that once you decided to join the mission community to accept baptism after a period of uh, catechism, it was explained to the indians in advance well once you do that you're going to have to live here uh, you can't just go back to the way things were before living out in the mountains and so forth you're going to be brought back and so that practice of uh... let's say confining the indians at the missions uh... is something that uh, i think reasonable people can disagree with today now i mm-hmm. think a lot of people don't understand why that happened um... Right. I don't think they understand why that was a function of spanish law i don't think they understand it from the perspective of the missionaries but nonetheless you know um in our current day and age somebody could be sympathetic to uh, the the critique of that practice well uh, along with that you could also mention flogging right so flogging was going on um uh, oftentimes and so sarah supported this in his correspondence that the the practice of flogging uh, was used to impose discipline. So you look at those two things: the the practice of confining neophytes at the missions, mm-hmm. you have this flogging going on. You could see there's some sort of super, very superficial similarity to the practice of slavery. Right? Mm. You have people who have uh, some cur- curtailed liberty, and they're also being flogged if they if they try and uh, go outside the mission right. complex. Right. So. So, somebody could you know have issues with all that, but to call it slavery is is r- reckless it's not true it's inaccurate and uh the couple of things I point out in my talk is why is that inaccurate? We can start with the fact that Spanish law banned slavery as early as fifteen forty two you know more than two hundred years before Sarah ever stepped in cal- stepped foot in California, so mm-hmm. legally it was not allowed but in fact it it doesn't even factually. If you look at what was going on in the missions, it wasn't even factual or de facto slavery. Uh, No Indian was treated as property. He was never bought, owned, or sold. So um, that charge of slavery is not uh, historically accurate, and I think sober-minded historians agree with that. It does spring uh, out of
0: a legitimate critique. Sure. So
1: there was no no chattel
0: slavery in the work of uh, St. Junipero Serra.
1: Correct. Okay. Correct. The right. the the neophytes and the missions were not slaves, right. e- Especially in the sense that we Americans understand it.
0: That restriction was that considered a part of uh, the discipline of
1: the order. Uh, it was a, a function of a, a number of things. Number one. Um, the idea behind the missions was that these uh, the neophytes were eventually going to be uh, restored to their own liberty, so the idea was they were going to be turned into pueblos or towns, And then they would become Spanish farmers and ranchers. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they had to learn the skills of farming and ranching in order to achieve that ultimate goal. So there was sort of a legal aspect to it. But from the missionaries' perspective, uh, there was a very much a spiritual aspect to it. And that was they understood, with quite a bit of uh, truth behind it, that if the natives were allowed to come and go, um, if they were to go back to their native ranch areas, back in the mountains, where their um, tribesmen were practicing idolatry or adultery or, uh, in some cases, infanticide, mm-hmm. uh, that they would stop being practicing Catholics. Yeah. And um, so there was a, a spiritual aspect of that practice as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, what about the—did uh, d- d-
1: d- d- he, d- he practice a severe mortification of the flesh— uh, yes, he did. <laughs> There's no yeah. question about that. Um, and you know, even that practice, so just to give a few examples, um, you know, it, it was reported that he apparently stuck like a burning taper uh, against his skin during a homily. Um, he was also reputed to, you know, pound his chest with a rock. He was known to flagellate himself. Um, uh, on the back, you know all of which were somewhat common practices, especially right. within his order again mm-hmm. we 're talking about you know the seventeen hundreds um, and and he slept on a board with a one foot crucifix, so he was very much an ascetic, yeah, very much mm-hmm. believed in uh mortification and so forth
0: okay yeah these I mean these are practices that were not considered extraordinary at that time, mm-hmm. but they exactly. they don 't make good copy these days so right, right. Exactly. <laughs> um, did What was the, his relationship to the civil authorities of the time?
1: So one of the, yes, uh, it's a good question. One of the things, uh, uh, to sort of put this in context, one of the criticisms of Gensera is that he was a so-called conspirator or cooperator in Spanish colonialism. Mm-hmm. And, of course, this is true that about the Spanish Empire, there was very much an alignment between, roman catholicism and and the monarchy right. uh, those two were often hand in hand mm-hmm. and so uh... here in california you know it wasn't just missionaries coming up to establish missions you also had the spanish military and uh... the spaniards had learned through long experience that if you just send missionaries uh... into a new locale without any spanish soldiers uh, the best you're going to accomplish is martyrdom and we saw that in, uh, I think you mentioned the East Coast, you know, in Florida, 80-some yeah. uh, martyrs in Florida. Well, that was often because there was no one there to protect them. So right. just as a matter of prudence and experience, uh, they sent soldiers with the missionaries. And this was a very much a two-edged sword. Uh, Sarah did not get along very well, either with the soldiers or the, the civil authorities who accompanied them, accompanied them to California. It was kind of a an evil he tolerated, a necessary evil, yeah. but he, Junipero Serra in particular, had a very combative relationship with the Spanish authorities, but nonetheless he understood that he needed uh, their presence to right. go about what he really wanted, which, which was the salvation of souls.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Patrick, uh, we're out of time, but it's fascinating,
0: and I hope we can have you on for a longer, you know, longer stretch, because um, sure. I think it's very important for us to be able to look uh, at these giants of the faith who were removed from us by culture and time and understand them in their own context. And uh, I really appreciate you helping us today.
1: Absolutely. I appreciate it.